Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round, pick John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round, pick Dan Marino and the NFL draft. And with the first round, pick Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the Trojans was going to take him. I would ask for so much money that I had to put my lay away. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good at young players with the draft all back. Here in and here out. Welcome back to the draft. Wide receivers running back. Tackle. Quarterback. Every year in the draft. Coverage.com studios. It's Luke Inman taking over for Sam Ekstrom on another edition of Locked on Vikings with a little draft wrap twist today. Be sure to check out all our work on zonecoverage.com, including our draft guide for premium subscription members. Arif Hassan and I went pick by pick, breaking down the Vikings' top needs and targets they'll be looking at for each round and for each position. Plus, our consensus top 40 big board features top-rate analytical breakdowns from Arif, while I broke down the tape and film for each top 40 prospects, giving you a taste of each player's strengths and skill sets. Arif will be joining me Friday on Locked On Vikings to help break it all down, but you can go to zonecoverage.com today and sign up for your own premium membership, just $3, well worth the price if you're a draft or Viking fan at all. So with the draft just a week away, of course, we got to talk Vikings at pick 30. What are they going to do? Offensive lineman seems to be the sexy in vogue pick. But I'm saying Rick Spielman has a great pedigree in history, and he knows that the sweet spot for interior linemen specifically, talking offensive guards and centers, just like he got Pat Elfline last year, is that second to third round range. And we saw a huge run of them last year go in that range. Remember Ryan Ramchek at the end of round run, Forrest Lamp, Camp Robinson, Pat Elfline we mentioned, Deion Dawkins, Dan Feeney, Ethan Posick, Taylor Moten. They all went on day two in that second to third round range. I'm thinking... As much as everybody assumes the Vikings will go offensive guard like Will Hernandez or Billy Price in the first round at pick 30, I'm saying don't be so shocked or surprised when Rick Spielman 
looks at a different position in the first round, right? I mean, certainly a lot more needs than just offensive line. You've got some big-name free agents coming up, Daniil Hunter, Anthony Barr, Stephon Diggs. Oh, by the way, Sheldon Richardson is just a one-year contract. Trey Waynes, they're going to have to pay him $13 million for the fifth-year option. Rick Spielman doesn't draft for this year. He looks to 2019. He looks to 2020. He is a future man. He is looking at plan B, plan C, and plan D, emergency case scenarios. Of what happens if this guy goes down? What if we lose this guy? Pay attention. If they don't go offensive line, what position do they pick? Is it a linebacker? That tells me Anthony Barr may not be retained next year. Of course, Eric Kendricks just signed a beautiful five-year, $50 million contract, 25 guaranteed. Spielman loves to try to retain his own core guys, the guys he drafted. He knows them better than anybody else. He developed them. But he might not be able to keep all these guys, right? So linebacker, maybe it's Anthony Barr writing on the wall. He can't keep him. I would love some more depth at defensive tackle. If Maurice Hurst from Michigan, a great three-tech who is unblockable at times, is there. Pull the trigger. Let's get some more rotational guys. It's a copycat league. I'm going to copy the Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles, who ran eight, nine men deep on that defensive line rotation. Heck, they threw out four defensive ends one play. They'd have four defensive tackles the next play. Not a lot of depth now without Shamar Steffen gone, Tom Johnson gone. Behind Linval Joseph and Sheldon Richardson, it's thin. It's Jaleel Johnson from Iowa, the fourth-round pick from last year, and that's it. Nobody. So get some more depth at defensive tackle. What if they don't re-sign Sheldon next year? Well, they're definitely going to have to get some guys in right now, just like Jaleel Johnson last year. Get a year under their belt so when they do get thrown in there, they're not thrown in the fire. Their head's not spinning. Maurice Hurst, Taven Bryan from Florida. I like those names, and I like those guys at pick 30. How about cornerback? I mentioned $13 million for Trey Waynes? Maybe. Maybe not. You got to have two, three, even four good cornerbacks in this league, in a league, a pass happy league that spreads defenses out three, four, five wide. You better have a good bulk of core guys there. Terrence Newman ain't going to play forever, folks. He's going to be gone next year. How about a cornerback? Newman's gone. What if Mac Alexander doesn't really pan out? He regressed a little bit last year. Isaiah Oliver from Colorado, long, lanky. Some of the longest arms you will find in this draft class are longer than some of the offensive linemen in this draft class. He's got that Richard Sherman type of frame. If he's there from Colorado at pick 30, hey, don't be surprised if Rick waits on interior line. You can get good guys like Austin Corbett's Nevada. Really good player. Maybe Billy Price because of the peck injury will still be there in the second round. I don't know. I'm just telling you. History shows that Rick Spielman may wait on interior alignment as much as everybody's talking about it at pick 30, and he may look at a different position. I mentioned Isaiah Oliver at cornerback. There's a lot of them, guys. Mike Hughes from UCF, feisty. Not the biggest dude in the world, but feisty. Uh, clearly, the UCF undefeated Knights, their number one lockdown cover corner was Mike Hughes, and he's a great special teams guy as well, right? We lost Jerick McKinnon. Cordell Patterson the year before that, always looking to replace those guys with a dynamic and dangerous kick returner. Uh, we've always had a dangerous kick returner on our resume and pedigree in our lineup, going back to Percy Harvin, 
one of the best, if not the best, in the league at the time, then Patterson and Jarek McKinnon. Mike Hughes could be in the mix at pick 30. I expect guys like Josh Jackson to be gone from Iowa, Denzel Ward from Ohio State to be gone. Um, but I certainly expect, again, one of those top-tier cornerbacks, one of those names to fall right in the lap. How about, how about tight end? You know, you're one injury away from Kyle Rudolph uh, really ruining that tight end group because David Morgan, God bless him, I love the kid, but he's just not a number one type of tight end. He's a great role guy, a great versatile player um, in that number two or number three type of role. You better have somebody else in the mix here. How about Dallas Godert, the local kid from South Dakota State Jackrabbits? Oh, I would love to get my hands on him. Or maybe Mike Gusecki, the ultra-athletic kid from Penn State. Another move tight end. He can play outside on the boundary like a receiver. He can play in the slot. He can play in line. You can even put him in the backfield if you want. But I know Filippo, right? Offensive coordinator Filippo from Philadelphia. Love to use different tight end, multiple tight end packages. Talking about two, even three tight ends out on the field. Uh, Trey Burton was one of those guys. We made a run at Trey Burton. We couldn't get him. We didn't sign him, didn't have enough dough. But that tells you they're looking at tight end. I wouldn't be surprised if a tight end was the first pick at pick 30. So a lot of different options there, guys, to keep in mind at pick 30. I think Trader Rick maybe moves back and then takes his old lineman or just waits all together until the second and third round to attack that offensive line group. And in the first round, looks at more depth. And in the future, tries to, again, accelerate some of these needs that we need and fix those now. Talking about positions, again, like cornerback. Can't have enough of them. Trey Waynes needs $13 million next year. Uh, Mac Alexander has not proved his worth quite yet in my book to re-sign him as a long-term guy. And Terrence Newman's going to be long gone here, guys, after this year. Linebacker, maybe if they don't think they can re-sign Anthony Barr. Defensive tackle, we got nobody outside of the top two. And Jalil Johnson as the third. I want a rotation of guys here, like the Philadelphia Eagles showed us the blueprint it means a lot once you get into December and January in the playoffs. You better have a fresh rotation. Right now, we're hurting there. So defensive tackle Maurice Hurst would be juicy at pick 30. I'm also looking at Dallas Godert to help not just the tight end group, but again, just the depth for weapons, right? What if Treadwell doesn't pan out? Doesn't seem like he's gonna. You need a third option in the passing game. Filippo needs one, and I think... Dallas Codert from South Dakota State, a pure tight end, can play in line. He's a great blocker, guys. He's an outstanding blocking tight end, but you can move him all over. You got depth and flexibility with Kyle Rudolph. And, of course, all of a sudden with David Morgan as your third tight end, it turns really a weak position, right, a weak tight end group into a strength with just one pick. So keep an eye on that. Uh, of course, offensive line wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Go protect your investment. You're going to spend all that money on Kirk Cousins. I want that 2015 type of Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Well, this is how you do it. You get what you pay for. So I think if they were to go a Billy Price or a Will Hernandez, Connor Williams from Texas may slide, guys. That's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, not the greatest senior year littered with injuries, but you go back to his freshman year, that that's a top 10 offensive tackle in this draft class. You may be able to get a discount sticker on him and get him at 30, 
I like the option of that. He's a swing tackle, can play both left or right tackle, but maybe right away we keep Remmers at right tackle and we move Connor Williams inside to guard, an ultra-athletic type of pulling guard, a move guard. I think you would fit great there next to Pat Elfline and, again, turn what was a weakness, the worst offensive line in the league. It's a two-year project to fix something like that. They did great the first year last year. Mike Remmers, Riley Reef. Pat Offline, let's go finish and seal the deal and go get two more great guys. Danny Isadora is going to be in the mix there. Rashad Hill is going to be in the mix. But depth, uh, I certainly think, is a priority for this Vikings team. Let's do a little flashback here today on Locked On Vikings with me, your host, Luke Inman, with a little draft wrap twist today. It's draft week, and I couldn't be more excited to see what purple presents are going to be under the tree after Rick Spielman goes and does his thing. Now, we're missing a fourth-round pick this year, but we have three six-round picks. Is he going to try to get his typical ten picks by the time it's all said and done? Is this the year he trades up because this roster is so stacked that he's pushing the chips all in with this Kirk Cousins move, with the Sheldon Richardson move. You look at teams like the Rams and the moves they've made. They're going all in, right? Copy and paste a blueprint from the Eagles has really changed the game here this offseason. But I want to take a little step back and jump back to the Minnesota Vikings draft in 2015. Why 2015? Because they say it takes three years to truly assess and grade a draft class. And here we are now in 2015, three years ago. And let's just take a stroll down memory lane here. Trey Waynes was the pick at pick 11. Remember, Marcus Peters was my most highly regarded cornerback by far in the class, but Byron Jones was in the mix, if you remember the rumors and buzz leading up until draft day that weekend. Uh, Bud Dupree, edge rusher from Kentucky. People thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe Zim wants to get that pure edge rusher this year, that linebacker this year. Uh, there was some rumors and buzz about Devontae Parker. Pair him up with Teddy Bridgewater from Louisville. Hashtag chemistry. A lot of different options were in play. Ultimately, Zimmer goes with the athletic freak, the combine freak. Nobody faster and quicker than Trey Waynes. Didn't fit necessarily the physical skill set as far as height and length goes. But Waynes was the pick. Certainly wouldn't have been my first option. Marcus Peters was my guy and then Devontae Parker. But, you know, you look at Peters and the off-the-field issues he's had, the issues with coaching, the issues with the locker room. Maybe they he, he was never even an option for the Vikings on the board sitting there at pick 11. Now he's traded to the Rams, and you can see again how good he is on the field. Maybe he's just not worth the headache off the field. But then we get into Eric Kendricks at pick 45. Hashtag chemistry, UCLA Bruin. Pair him up with his old teammate. Bar. That was a fun value pick. Again, ceiling wasn't necessarily the highest on a kid like Kendricks. I remember Jonathan Bostic was in play there for Miami and some other players. But certainly you knew you were getting a safe pick with Kendricks. An outstanding football awareness and IQ. Great instincts at the position. And he just got paid. Rightfully so. He earned that five-year $50 million contract. 25 guaranteed. One of the higher guaranteed contracts for an inside linebacker. So certainly that pick was nailed right on the head at pick 45. Daniil Hunter, pick 88. Who? Huh? 
LSU defensive end, two and a half career sacks. Who is this guy? You do some digging. First of all, he's the youngest player in the draft. So you say, man, this guy could be oozing with potential once you get Andre Patterson's hands on him, arguably the best defensive line coach in the league after two, three years, right? Then you do some more digging. A height, weight, speed freak. Guy looks like a ball of muscle, long, lanky arms, and all of a sudden after one year, boom, it clicked. This guy's legit. This guy, I get it. I didn't know a lot about him, but odds are plays from LSU, plays on defense there. He's got to have some talent. Well, Mike Zimmer nailed that one. 25 and a half career sacks already just after three years. Wasn't even a full-time starter then either. So he's starting to get in the mix. Regressed a little bit last year, but certainly, again, at that age, he's uh, only going to get better and better and better under Andre Patterson and Mike Zimmer. And ultimately, next year, he's a free agent. He's going to have to get paid. Maybe they can get him at a little bit of a value deal if they sign him right now, uh, or they're going to let him play out this contract and kind of earn what they're going to ultimately have to pay market value for, which is going to be a pretty penny. Are they going to be able to keep all these guys? I just don't know. TJ Clemmings was a fun pick right away, a guy that was very raw but had all the physical tools. I'll never forget showing up to training camp the 2015 year and saying, my good God, TJ Clemmings is a monster. You saw the physical ability, the physical, uh, again, potential with him. Two years at tackle at Pitt. He was a defensive end prior. Never panned out. Tried to sub in for Phil Lodeholt that year after he got hurt. Got a ton of valuable playing time, but just never took that next step in the league. He's now at the Redskins. Again, as a fourth-round pick, though, I'd argue that that was a good value play, getting a starting tackle in the fourth round. Michael Pruitt was a fun athletic tight end coming from Southern Illinois. Hoped to be an athletic move tight end. Never panned out, but I like the potential there. Stephon Diggs is where we made our money, though. Fifth round, 146th pick coming from Maryland. Here's what I love. You see the potential his freshman year. He was an all-star. He blew up the Big Ten. He was unstoppable. Lacerated kidney. Ooh. And other injuries bumps him down. All of a sudden, he's got no momentum going into the draft process. He wasn't that great. He couldn't play a ton of games at Maryland. But as a fifth-round pick... At pick 146, certainly worth the risk. The risk-reward was there, and certainly that paid off right from the get-go. Kid's got 15 touchdowns now in his career, 2,400 yards, and certainly, again, one of the more dynamic playmakers at the position in the entire league. So certainly wasn't that big-bodied guy like I wanted uh uh, Devontae Parker coming from Louisville, that jump ball, go up and get it. But this guy is the new wave of receivers, the shorter, undersized guys, but they're quick as lightning. Talking about the Antonio Browns, talking about the Odell Beckham Juniors, the Brandon Cooks. That's the new wave of receivers now. You're going to throw me a Richard Sherman-type big bulky corner? Well, I'm going to counteract that 
with these short, quick, shifty receivers like a Stephon Diggs. Boy, has he panned out and really turned this draft class into an A or A- minus when you look at Trey Waynes' production, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter. Again, I mentioned TJ Clemmings was a starting tackle. And Stephon Diggs wraps this bad boy up. What an outstanding draft class when you sit back and look at it. Rounding out the, the, the day three picks, they had two sixth and two seventh round picks. Tyrus Thompson, tackle from Oklahoma, didn't make it out of camp. B.J. DuBose from Louisville, intriguing guy that I remember the versatility was what sold him. Could play D-tackle in the nickel, um, pass rushing situations, or could play D-end in the base. Didn't pan out, got hurt towards ACL. Um, certainly was intriguing, though, as a six-round pick. Then Austin Shepard, a tackle from Alabama, made the team. And Edmund Robinson, the athletic linebacker. Hey, they take an athletic linebacker every year. So keep an eye on that this year, as I certainly expect them to do the same again. Edmund Robinson made the team. So ultimately, you can't call that a bust by any means. Seventh-round picks. Didn't pan out in the long run, but again, top to bottom, Trey Waynes, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, TJ Clemmings, Michael Prutz, Stephon Diggs, Tyrus Thompson, B.J. DuBose, Austin Shepard, Edmund Robinson. Spielman's got some good luck, if that's what you want to call it, on those day three guys, right? I mean, even Kentrell Brothers, David Morgan, Stephen Weatherly, J. Ron Kirst the following year. He hits on some guys on these day threes. You know, Shamar Stephan in 2014. Seventh-round pick was solid backup role guy for seventh-round pick. So the Vikings this year, they're missing that fourth-round pick, but they have three sixth-round picks and one seventh. And I certainly wouldn't be shocked, as nobody should be, if Rick Spielman decided to shake and bake and trade one of these early picks, whether it's pick 30 for a team coming back up to get a quarterback like Mason Rudolph, or how about a running back like Darius Geis or Ronald Jones, Regardless, I can tell you this. When the Vikings are on the clock at pick 30, Trader Rick's door will be open for business, fielding any and every offer available. And if the price is right, expect this front office to slide down, get those extra lottery tickets in hopes to finding the next Stephon Diggs on day three. Join me Friday for more Draft Talk with Arif Hassan on a special edition of Locked On Vikings Draft Wrap Edition. In the meantime, be sure to go check out on zonecoverage.com and sign up for our premium subscription service, getting you full access to this one-of-a-kind and Viking-centric and out-of-this-world draft guide. Hey, I don't like to hype things up. Ask anyone in my family is true, but the amount of work myself, Arif, and Sam Ekstrom put into this speaks for itself. And from the analytical numbers to the video breakdowns on each top 40 prospects, as well as the Viking-specific players to keep an eye out for, this three bucks is well worth the price. Three bucks? In this economy, you can't beat it. For everybody at ZoneCoverage.com, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Vikings with me, your host, Luke Inman, on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman, reminding you, no matter the scenario, when in doubt, go get your guys. The legend of Josh Rosen in full blue. He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Looks down at gun barrel, makes great throws. Denzel Ward. You got barbecue back there? Woo! What a hit. Bradley Chubb is a elite pass rusher. Mayfield winds up down the field. Hollywood! Who is this kid? The Wizard! He sprints on the practice field. Look at this freshman! Line under the race.
radar. But he can spin it. I think it's a typical Colt move. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight.